Hey folks, it's Adam Summer for the Heartland Pod. This week, the Monday, March 6, 2023 show, I have an opening statement on the gravity of a moment. Then Rachel Parker and Sean Diller will join me for our talk and politics session as usual. We're going to talk about Steve Bannon's legal woes worsening, the future of the Republican politics for Cheney and Kinzinger, the Supreme Court's strange school case, Fox News founder and CEO sticking Tucker's foot right in his own mouth, and the demographics that favor the Dems in 2024, and whether or not they can actually take advantage of that. Support our shows at theheartlandpod.com and click the Patreon link to sign up today. Lots to do, so let's go. Welcome back to the Heartland Pod. My name is Adam Summer. I am your host. This is our regular Monday show with our talk in politics with myself, my co-hosts, Rachel Parker and Sean Diller, who will join us in just a moment. Together, we bring big topics of the week with a special focus on the Heartland as we bring our middle-out approach to politics and work to change the conversation. We've got shows for you five days a week, including Flyover View on Fridays with Kevin Smith. It's every Friday with a great recap, usually like 15 minutes long. Just give you an idea of all the stories that were leaking around during the week that you probably didn't even hear about. We've got the Delta with Christina and Nicholas Linky on Wednesdays, along with High Country with, from Sean Diller every other Wednesday. They, they rotate back and forth. The Delta is a look at a, a family in the Midwest and the intersection of education and science and life and parenting and all of those things all in one. And then Sean Diller focuses on kind of the Mountain West, the Colorado, Arizona, New Mexico uh, that type of region. Sean lives in Colorado, so uh, try to try to bring that to you. And it's a nice juxtaposition. You know, we do a lot of stuff about the Missouri area, and you can kind of look take Missouri and Colorado and set them up side by side, and and sort of see two sides of of the same coin, so to speak. And then, of course, every single Thursday, our newest show. Although by now it's we're two months in, so it's it's hardly new anymore but still the newest show to us, which is Dirt Road Democrat, hosted by the one and only Jess Piper. Uh, Jess's voice has been reaching far and wide. Uh, I think folks are really enjoying it. I know I've been really enjoying it, and she's doing an excellent job every single Thursday with the Dirt Road Democrat. Uh, Support what we do by leaving us a rating and a review on the podcast app of your choice. So wherever you're listening to this, just scroll down and take a moment, click that five-star button, leave a review if if you feel so led. Uh, we really appreciate it, and they do help. I read some last week, read some reviews last week, and uh, really appreciate all the folks who take the time to do that. Follow us on social media with at the Heartland Pod. Uh, we're on most platforms that way at the Heartland Pod. And uh, you know, if you really want to jump in, uh, we are 100% independent, right? Uh, we don't have any commercial advertisers. Uh, not that we wouldn't take some, but even if we did, we're still looking to be an independent media company, right? We're not owned by some larger company or anything like that. Uh, It's just a group of people who decided to make this thing work. And so you can support us by going and signing up on our Patreon. We have levels at one, two, five, 10, 20 bucks a month. Uh, All of them have different things that you get. Uh, Obviously, the the higher you pay, the more stuff there is. Uh, There are extra shows at the $5 level and higher including the last call. We had a last call last week that was about an hour long. So basically extra content every single week out there for the folks who sign up. And uh, we have live shows that are members only. We just did one of those in uh, early part of February, trying to get another one off the ground. Schedule's been a little tight, 
but we're going to try to have another members only live show coming up pretty soon. And that's, you know, everybody is welcome to those. So whether you're at the $1, $2, or $5 or up level, you are uh, in on the live shows. Uh, we have some special access to those for the highest levels, uh, you know, some behind the scenes prep stuff so that they can be a part of it. And, uh, and obviously priority on questions and things like that. So sign up over there. You can go to heartlandpod.com, click on the Patreon button, or just go to Patreon and put in the Heartland Pod. Look for those three green leaves. You'll always know you're in the right place. Uh, and it's that simple. Heartlandpod.com. Click the link to sign up for Patreon today and support our independent media company as we work to change the conversation. All right, here's my opening statement. And right after that is the talk and politics section. The gravity of a moment. It's something that is really hard to consciously think about how heavy something is at that point in time and whether or not, relatively speaking, that makes sense. Things that can feel existential in nature when we have time to think about them, to rationalize, to compare them to other things. We can take that time and we can take that perspective and it can help us see that that moment maybe wasn't as important as we thought it was. Maybe that thing wasn't as important as we thought it was. The action that we took, the action somebody else took, the words somebody used towards us. Maybe in politics, we can apply that same type of principle. Legislation is, you know, constantly, constantly being filed. There are so many bills, whether you're in Missouri or Illinois or Iowa or Kansas, anywhere around the heartland, There are some pretty nutty bills being filed. I got an email this week from a listener who was asking me about the library bills. Um, And and how do you prioritize, right? How do you set aside and say, this one's important, this one's not important, this one I need to use my voice on, this one I don't need to use my voice on, right? How do you you know? How do you make that decision? And and the truth is, you know, I, I didn't have a direct answer for it in that moment in time. Part of the reason is I was in the middle of the kind of week where even those thoughts were small compared to the moment I was in myself, right? That gravity of the moment can change your perspective even on those things. And so I sat and kind of thought about that email, and thank you, Michelle, for sending that. Because it's an important question. It's a good question. Um, It's not just the legislation itself, right? It's more of a question of dealing with the, the, the overflow, dealing with the flood, the constant deluge, the constant stream. How do you do it? How do you say, this one, I need to take the time, I need to contact my legislator, I need to you know send in my comment, go online and make my comment, let people other know to do that as well, and this one over here, I'm going to leave it alone because I want them to know how important I feel about this other one, right? how, how important that one is to me, why it matters so much. And so I'll concentrate my energy over here. But then I feel like, you know, am I not doing enough? Should I be doing it on all of them? What's too much? Is What's too little? What's the right amount? It's a really hard question because I don't think there's a magic answer, right? If you think that there's a bad piece of legislation and you want to be heard on it, be heard on it. I think, I think that's a simple enough answer. If you think that you need to say something, then say something. But what you can do is exactly what I did just now, okay? 
about nine out of ten times when I do an opening statement, it's something that I've written. It's something that I had an idea during the week or you know, have been noodling around an idea for a while. Maybe I've even started to write on something at some point, and I decide to finish that thought, or it just sort of comes out. That's how a lot of my, my writing occurs is it's kind of a lightning strike situation, right? An idea hits my head, it starts to form, and I feel it kind of flowing, and so I, I take a moment to write down as much of it as I can right then, and I come back and kind of finish it later. So that's where a lot of my opening statements come from. But this one was just the thought process, right? I haven't written any of this down. This is all coming right off the top of my head. And you can tell, if you listen to me a lot, if you listen to the shows a lot, you can probably tell the difference between when I'm reading it and when I'm going extemporaneous like I am now. You can hear some of the phrasing differences, the pacing differences, all of that's there, right? Because it's just not as polished when I do it right now. So why? Why choose to do that? Because... This is an important topic, but not everything has to get your full attention to the point where you're polishing every single word, thinking about every single phrase, and trying to make yourself sound as smart and as capable as possible all the time. It's okay to do something you know, quickly, to do something with less importance to it. So maybe you have 10 bills that you think all are bad. You can prioritize. You can do that. You can say, this one over here I'm going to really spend time on. This one I'm going to spend less time on. And I'm going to take four or five of them over here. And I'm going to send a one line, you know, I disagree with this legislation. I don't think that it helps X, Y, Z. Right? Just that simple. Just to have something on the record. Whereas the other ones, maybe you'll push even further. Maybe you'll try to get it to other people. Maybe you'll help other folks make their comments on it. Make sure that a lot of folks have something to say. And I think that's appropriate. I think that's good. Right now in Missouri, we have the initiative petition process being threatened. And the rest of what's going on is important. All of it is important. But at some point in time, we have to be able to recognize the difference between the size of the importance of things and recognize who else is involved, right? If we're talking about bills about libraries, bills about schools, Okay, there are groups that are already involved with fighting that type of legislation. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it, but it means that we need to see where are there resources that are already in place, that are already being marshaled, that are already being used. Right, the ACLU is already in Missouri on the library cases, which is good. They should be. But then, if you if you go to the other side and look at the initiative petition process, folks, that's us. Right, if you're in Missouri, if you're a Missourian listening to this show. The initiative petition process, that's not going to get saved by the ACLU. It's not going to get saved by some outside group. It's going to be saved by us, the voters, the people of the state of Missouri, taking action, banding together, and making sure that we keep the power of our voice in our Constitution, in our laws, because it's vitally important. It's vitally important. We get to redress the grievances we have with our government. And in the state of Missouri, we get to do it in a direct way. It's real democracy. One vote, one person, and you stack them up, and there's an outcome. And we move forward with that outcome. So the gravity of the moment can overwhelm us. The gravity of the moment can push us to feel like there's just too much to deal with. And sometimes 
the way to deal with the gravity of the moment is to just stand up and take another step because you realize that it's not as heavy as it seems. Now here's Talking Politics. Talking Politics. All right, we are here for Talking Politics. This is Adam Summer. I have got the whole crew here, Rachel Parker and Sean Diller. And uh, we have got some good topics. Rachel uh, did an excellent job putting some topics together for us this week. Shout out to picking that up. And uh, we're going to bring our opinions on those topics. And that's how this show works. That's what Talking Politics is, uh, along with uh, outdated movie references and uh, jokes that are funny to us. So if you if you're if you enjoy that kind of thing, then you're in the who right can, place. Who can say no? <laughs> who can say no? Yeah. Uh, with that kind of you know amazing packaging. <laughs> anyway, um, I uh, had an insane week, which is why I said you know like I said thanks to Rachel for getting the show sheet together. I just uh, there's sometimes when you uh, work in the in the field that I work in, and I do um, I, I do family law as a big part of what I do, and when custody stuff happens, it is just kind of all consuming and uh, becomes kind of a kind of a crisis moment sometimes. So it was a, it was a heck of a week, uh, but got to go out Friday night with my wife uh, to the city, which is how you know you live in the country when you can say the city to the people that live near you and they know exactly where you're going. They don't need to know which city you're going to. Did you mean to. Kansas City? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought of the the song in uh isn't it isn't that in Oklahoma? Everything's up, they've gotten about as far as they can go. Is yeah, that, yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. Kansas City. Everything's yeah. up to date in Kansas City. Yeah, that's right. it. There we that's go. It. Thank that's you. Yeah, Willie it. Willie Nelson on the original. We're going of, mad uh, outdated. Yeah, talking about outdated movie Sixty-five years old. I guess classic. that one is timeless. <laughs> yeah, a timeless movie reference. Classic. Cla- I don't even. I've never seen Oklahoma. <laughs> but anyway, whatever. I know that song. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> it's a very bright movie. Um, yeah, we uh, did that, you know, dinner, drinks, the whole, you know, hit a Kansas City speakeasy, which has become very much a popular thing in Kansas City, which makes sense with the history. And, uh, you know, just uh, just one of those one of those good nights and uh, got to eat breakfast like when we wanted to and like get up when we wanted to, which is bananas. <laughs> it's just awesome. Um, so yeah, so and I'm sipping on a wonderful uh, oolong tea because we're recording on a Saturday evening, which is not our norm. Uh, but I'm gonna throw a little caffeine into my system because Jason Kelsey is hosting Saturday Night Live tonight. I uh, couldn't tell you the last time I watched Saturday Night Live live, so I'm gonna give it a go uh, to see if I can watch it live for Jason Kelsey. Uh, Sean, how do you have this week and uh, what you sipping on? I'm doing well, doing well. Thanks. Yeah, the week's been good. I've been listening to a ton of uh the green day album dookie yeah like all week yeah. so that's been really really fun and i've been listening to it with my five-year-old um and it's been really satisfying because you know i take her to school every morning and for a couple of weeks she would be like play ed sheeran and nothing but ed sheeran and she would want just to repeat ed sheeran and she seemed so into ed sheeran that i you know i was like god am i gonna end up paying $280 for like an Ed Sheeran ticket at some point. <laughs> this is not, this is not good. Um, He's very talented. But then he is. Yeah, he is. <laughs> um, And I do, he doesn't ever curse. I don't know if you've noticed that. Yeah, no, it's he's very super clean. clean. Yeah. 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 
um but i think we must have played some green day and she's like who is this and then now she just asks for green day all the time that's awesome um, so that's been great yeah made some whole wheat pancakes today nice. um my my brother's coming to town next week i'm going snowboarding nice. so yeah things are feeling good and i got the uh the costco double feature with um a tall iced coffee and a short regular <laughs> coffee <laughs> That's a that's like an A plus parenting tip for now. If we have any listeners who are like brand new parents, is like just play the music, play your music in the car. Just do it, and yeah. and and they'll they will tell you the stuff that they like. And that's I have an eight year old who freaking loves you know he loves a ton of music and he loves rock music and he likes punk and he likes you know whatever and classical. You know I've given him everything to start out, and it's just like it's huge like his favorite band is 21 pilots nice right yeah yeah like he just loves that stuff so anyway rich parker man how uh was your week and uh what's sipping on uh my week was better than the week before that's good Um, it is good uh i feel like you know um i don't know how you live in courtrooms well you live in courtrooms because you trained for it but like uh the the whole aftermath of like a legal settlement is um is much more stressful than people there's a reason uh, lawyers is. die of heart attacks a lot yeah 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 but um <laughs> but things are things are crawling forward taxing. things are crawling forward um i've been really lucky that uh clients i really like have been uh reaching out and being like can you do some work for us and i was like for you Oh my God! I'd fly to the moon and back if you pay Bubba. me. Like, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, Bubba. <laughs> kidding? Uh, and I'm sipping on water because I had uh, I I had an edible. Can I just say something about how great that, that is? So yeah. I I make one of the things that I really like about the way that we uh, sort of discuss our personal lives. I don't feel any pressure to like disguise my age, right? And there's not a lot of like middle-aged women who have the privilege of being like, I'm going through menopause. Like I'm in perimenopause. It's weird. And it comes, it should come with a set of operating instructions that include like, <laughs> you're going to need pain management. Like, so sorry, you're just probably gonna need it. Can I just say legal 21 and over marijuana is the best. You It is the best. Yeah, It is the yeah. best. Yeah. It's the best. I made a joke with these guys earlier that like you know you're high when you're like how come i'm not in oh right Right. the reason i feel better is because i took just a tiny bit it's not like i'm getting wrecked you know like it just makes that i made a i made a pot of pasta uh i did like all kinds of stuff it it just was a lovely uh lovely afternoon and i because then i'm sipping on water just good old good old h2o yeah there's nothing like making making delicious like simple you know like Buttery, maybe there's an egg yolk involved, perhaps some sriracha. I don't know. Nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. And you just eat that pasta and you're just like, God, why don't I make this way more often? Yeah, then... especially when you're vaguely high. It's so good. Um, we get this like salsa. I'll just tell you, I get this salsa from my salsa, from salsa, one salsa. of my little my little CSA people, and they're lovely. But St. Louis, Missouri doesn't know from salsa. Let's just be clear about that. No, like yeah, it's no. a real crapshoot. And so basically, like it's vinegary spaghetti sauce. Is what it is. It tastes like Emo's pizza sauce. I'm sure. not going to dis- disperse the people that ni- that made it. Um, so whenever I get it, I turn it into pasta sauce because it just wants to be that. And it makes like an kind of almost like an arbiata because it's a bit spicy. You know, it's got some, mm-hmm. like a little bit of pepper in it. That's so fun. that's what I made. I made an arbiata and like a, just a ton of rigatoni and like listen to music and 
yeah, it was just a good time. That's a awesome. good time was had by all. Oh, may I make a recommendation? Please do. Everyone watch the Mark Maron special on HBO Max. Is it good? Okay, it's a new one. New it one. is. Yeah. I'm here's the thing. Yes, because I'm not a big fan. I think he's a. I think. No, he's yeah, a cool yeah you're not a Maron person. No, like, not really. Not, not really. Yeah. Like I have an inordinate amount of respect for the guy. Yeah. And I think that he's a good. I think he's a good soul. You know, like right. I like his right. whole thing. But I've I've never like laughed real hard at his. his la- uh, I liked his last special a lot. Yes. Yeah. It didn't do anything. I was like, yeah. I kind of nodded a lot. I was like, uh-huh, but I don't remember it. Um, I watched this one two times. Wow. And he talks about the death of his girlfriend. Yeah. Um, and uh he talks a lot about really thorny issues, but uh I was like I was like hurt myself. I was laughing so hard. And I, I did the thing I never do, almost never do, which is like like two days later, Elliot hadn't watched it. And I was like, we gotta watch the Marin Special Man. And like he he I, I wish that like anyway invitation to the patreon folks that are on the mighty network if you want to hit me up and just go back and forth about how funny that special was like just find me i have all day to do it uh because the jokes were killer yeah just awesome let's kick it off uh we have a little mini mini segment that we're trying to tag in to have some positivity uh and and i have a drop for it Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I love it. So, uh, the yeah, yeah is uh, Steve Bannon based. Rachel, you ha- I think you have to give us give us this one, please. Yeah, it's one of these like it's it's a raw story click and raw story is one of those like news, I'll put a big fat air quotes, like, right. you know, snackable news sites that right. that exploded during the era of like social media clickbait headlines and stuff. However, how much more delicious can you get than this headline? Steve Bannon is staring down a quote very difficult criminal trial, says a legal expert. And the quote it's is, like, is two words: very difficult. Very That's difficult. <laughs> so, like Bannon, like has tried to, do, I mean, he's trying to like get the venue changed. He's like done all these sort of like desperate, like lawyers have yeah. no nothing. So this is like his fraud trial, and I love that. So he was pardoned for the same thing on the federal level by Donald right. Trump. Um, this this cannot be part. This is New York State. This is New York State. It's like, oh no, we're not done. I with feel like yet. that's a tough piece of evidence at your state yeah. trial when they're like, <laughs> he was pardoned <laughs> at the federal level. You can't be pardoned if you he didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. So so that's basically what it says. It's like, well, he lied and said this is where this this, this was the build the wall scheme thing right, that he did. Right. Oh man, and I said for like people were like, he's gonna get away with it. I was like, no, he's somebody's no. gonna. So I would way rather have gone to like a federal slap on the wrist jail than the jail he's gonna go to in New York and that's New York whole... State facility. And, yeah, so so like this is what we do when we're planning our shows is we swap links like this back and forth and then just salivate over them for a minute. And so yeah. this was just like, how can you not just take solace in the fact that like Trump's of course Trump's Trump's like yes man is being jailed probably for fraud like that's yeah, the best that's nice. the best sean you had this the the epstein oh <laughs> <connection>. right <laughs> well when i lived in new york i lived in astoria queens which is like pretty close to rikers and uh i also love maps and google earth and stuff mm-hmm. and so like i was over my neighborhood and i saw this very bizarre complex like right across the water from where i lived like what the fuck is this place and it was rikers it's rikers island where 80 to 100 thousand people are crammed in just 
horrendous conditions. Um, and so when I saw this Bannon thing and like the the CFO of Trump's organization, like he was booked into Rikers. It's right. just like it's a municipal system. So like you get uh, booked and that's your default place unless you're a, um, a medical risk and then you go to Bellevue. Um, so but yeah, I was like, yeah, that would be great. Let's see him in handcuffs going into Rikers. And then I remembered, oh, yeah, but if it's federal then he might be in the lower Manhattan Metropolitan Correctional Center where Epstein hung himself. And so that would be fine too, I guess. <laughs> it's state it's 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 the state that's pers- it's it's the state of New York that's yeah. prosecuting him. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So it'd be Rikers. He would yeah. be booked into Rikers, yeah. And then like mm. if he's sentenced, it would be up way the hell north you know, somewhere. You know, in where this... stomping grounds. Yeah, oh right, right. You know, but I would just like to say, like, you know where this conversation that we're having right now is not taking place? prison you know it's being great <laughs> not in prison yeah um all you have yeah. to do it is continues not... to be like one of my top yeah, three it... favorite things easily and all you have to do is like it's there are ways that you can get arrested where it's completely unjustified yeah. and super unfair and you could be victimized and targeted by law enforcement so on and so forth that is nothing like or you could just be a liar and steal yeah. money from people yeah but, you people... know that's which is generally not what i would recommend people that you do, do and... get arrested and charged with things they didn't do. It does happen. Okay. And in On this a case, fairly it regular is basis. Steve Bannon. By the way, yeah. well, we should move off this quickly because I know uh, we all think to do, but like everybody should go to Steve Bannon's IMDb profile if you've never done it before. Okay. There's a Western starring January Jones that he produced right before he started working with like the Trump organization that just looks like a total straight to DVD like oh, bomb. And then it has like all of his like documentaries that he's produced that I'm sure he's put in there himself. Um, but before that, wow. like he has a, like a legitimate middling Hollywood career as a producer. Like it's just really funny to go and like like just really look at what an absolute abysmal, just mean boil of average this guy is. Just like a simmering stew of like middle class L.A. Hollywood nothingness um, until he gets to. Uh, whatchamacallit the uh the we got to produce the best movies ever made the 2016 (laughs) yeah yeah please whatever yeah he he answered some emails i think (laughs) well let's move on to uh the true or false false. all right the true or false is that this new song and dance of cheney and kinzinger uh, liz cheney adam kinzinger will give them a political future. Uh, I will I will kick off and just say I do think that it's true. I think that um, the smartest people in politics right now on the Republican side are in the press for non-political reasons, meaning meaning not non-day-to-day political news. Not they're not in the presidential race. They're not talking about the presidential race. They're not talking they're not about governors. They're not governors. <laughs> they're not any Republican They're not talking governors. about Joe Biden. They're right. talking about other stuff. Just generally other we stuff. Should, we should talk about the interesting kind of weird prank that Kinzinger pulled off this week. I thought that was kind of yeah. Let's talk about what is happening. What are we yeah, talking Sean, about? Sean, why don't you lay lay it out for us? Yeah. And yeah. and then we'll we'll get to Rachel on the on the Kinzinger thing. Right. So it's an article in Politico that uh, talks about Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger and their, you know, their next moves. They were both in Congress. They were both on the January 6th select committee, both Republicans right. who turned against Trump and therefore have no future in the Republican Party. And 
so that's you know so then they leave congress they got to do something and um liz cheney is taking a job at the university of virginia is that right um she's got a professorship and some kind of chair on like the center for politics and the way they described that gig was that it would allow her to continue to do like speaking engagements and really kind of you know, operate however she wants to. And she's in Virginia, obviously, um, which is way the hell closer to DC than Wyoming. And, you know, there's really no reason for her to go back to Wyoming. Right. Um, so, and her quote, if I remember it right, was that we, our country faces the biggest threats it ever has. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, those sorts of, that was kind of her, her language. And, you know, that's what she's focused on is like, what are we going to do about these existential threats to our democracy, you know, including Donald Trump, autocrats, and, you know, these sorts of things. So that's what she's doing. And then Kinzinger is doing something totally different. Um, He made a commercial, a TV commercial. And um, I think he, I don't know if he's going to make more or not. Um, We got to check the chittering on that. Maybe there'll be some hot, um, he some said he's news. he said he's starting a campaign. So let's assume that yeah. he has some money sitting around somewhere in a coffer, and he's going to use that to like buy somebody more else's money. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not like, a political campaign. No, he's no, not he's for himself. It, an ad. No, he's calling it like a like a campaign, like a like, like another the, like, like the truth. They don't. So they don't know smoking. how to. These people don't know how to do activism, so they use the wrong words. Um, right. Well, he's, he's not doing st- activism. He's not no. doing no, anything. He, he thinks he is. He thinks he's being an activist right now. That's what he thinks he's doing. Right. Yeah, maybe. I guess. Yeah. No, he so does. Thing... He, he basically, it, again, like, it, if he knew what he was talking about, that's what he would have said. Like, if Cori Bush were saying it, she'd be like, this is a people-led movement. We're going to blah, blah, blah. But, like, instead, he's, like, saying, like, I hired some vectors and I made a movie. And you're like, oh, he's never protested anything before. Right. Well, Oh, and like, he's new to this. Yeah. And Kinzinger is trying to make a case to everyone that, like, there should be a home for him. That, you know, there should be people behind him who are his constituents and that he represents something and i guess he um this big commercial that he made was a spoof on the 1984 apple tv commercial yeah um the big talking head the whole yeah right yeah like you you can choose between and his thing is like you can choose between red and blue like democrat and republican like reject extremism and choose something else and somebody hired actors to put on or hired somebody to put on the outfits that people are wearing in the ad and like walk around Capitol Hill looking like robots. Right. And, right. He, and <laughs> right. like, what I love is that he's got to get in. I don't know like, what that pays, but I would do that. Yeah. What he, again, he's, this is him trying to do like, you know, pop art. Be in the news. Like, yeah. But Be, in the news. Like them. Be in the news. And, like, That's look, the right answer. Let me, let me just, let me just say like, I've been bitching for months, if not years about how like none of these people had on the show many times, about how none of these people have any political imagination and if they would just kind of like make a lane. So to be fair to Kinzinger, he's trying to make a lane for himself. Yeah. The problem that I have with the lane. And so I'm going to say it's, I don't know. I'm going to split my answer, but I think he's done. I, I think there's no future for Adam Kinzinger politically at, anywhere. I don't know what he's doing. Um, uh, he's trying to do the both sides thing. There's mm-hmm. extremism on both sides of the aisle. And I'm like, no, there's not. There's, there's extremism right. on your side of the <laughs> aisle. You worked. Yeah. He was a member of the Tea Party. He's never owned. They've those people have never owned the influence they had on the party that eventually would lead us to the possibility that somebody like Donald Trump right. could be president. 
they laughed at the feet of they they the reason they didn't vote for example for trump's health care plan is because it didn't just repeal the aca they wanted to completely right. blow away with you know his buddy paul ryan is on the board of fox news we're going to talk about that in a little while um so th- so these are still but just it's super a core hard- of voters and and people who and i'm not, I'm not saying 100 percent of them but a huge group who did was not politically active until a black guy was put into the Oval Office. Like, let's, you know, it's really hard to, again, it's hard to ascribe all motive to one thing for an entire group of people, but it is but reasonable to say. that case. It, it's very reasonable to yeah. say there, there has to be a correlation. Like, there has to be to have that many people become that politically active and start putting on costumes no, it, and standing in the intersections in their hometowns. I mean, come it on. It is. I mean, like, when you see, like, the, the, the Proud Boys were started after. Right. Obama was elected. Yeah, this like, is not. It's know, not coincidental. Yeah. It's. It's no. not like. It's not like 2009. And, like the or, tax the, laws and, changed to form eight like, groups. Right, and also like the Oath Keepers were started. Like all of these groups, okay, and none of them would really disavow them. Like it was very cagey, and I think that uh, I. I get that this guy. Right. And meanwhile, Kinsinger, the the large media was was giving yeah. us the phrase. And I. Po- you know economic populism it's an economics issue. yeah it's an economic and you're like okay <laughs> yeah. sure some of it is some <laughs> yeah. of it was sure. um there so was i think like i think like what he's doing is interesting it's interesting enough that i think we should talk about it because like right. listen i'm here for a little political theater literally and like the fact that you like try to do something different and you're trying to like capture the imagination of people i think you still need to just talk about policy though i don't think right. you can talk about like i'm a symbol of something i don't think people give much of a shit about that right like i don't yeah. think that's anything that people really care about as much as people think they do sean you said something last week that really stuck with me which is that people think they could win an election by telling their personal story right and that right. only gets you so far that it might st- you know maybe you can start there but you have to build on that right. and um I, the, the, the liz cheney thing let me just be clear though she is doing the right thing and i don't know like i actually think that there is a very good chance that liz cheney could be at very least, a senator from Wyoming. If that's what she wants, if she wants to cool her jets a little bit and like go do her little thingy thing in Virginia and like stay in those circles, stay close to DC, um, maybe sit on some boards, you know, uh, right. join some think tanks, whatever she's doing. That's exactly what I would, if I was her friend, which I would never be because I don't like her. Uh, I respect what she did, but I would never want to <laughs> hang out with her and be like, so abortion changed your mind yet? No. All right. I have nothing else to say to you. Your dad sucks. Bye. Um, uh, but this is what I would tell her to do. I'd be like, just lay low, just like stay out of the fray, right. go sit somewhere. It's exactly what Sean said. Nikki Haley should do like verbatim. Right. You were like, she should just be working at a university somewhere or something. Um, so I think that is, I don't think Louis Cheney. I kind of vacillated between like, could she be a contender in yeah. 2028 as a nominee? And I still like, I'm like, uh, I don't know. I don't think I, so. I think she's very strong. In I don't, I don't think that the, I don't think there's a party left for her. I don't think there's going to be a Republican party that will nominate her. I think that's the problem. That'll be interesting. And I don't think that everybody can't just become a Democrat. So I think she could become a Republican Senator yeah. though from Wyoming. For Sean, sure. uh, last, last piece on this. So I, I, I do, I agree with, I agree with Rachel that I I actually think it's not necessarily bad political theater, right? I think the Kinzinger thing has some some legs from that aspect, but but just give us real you know thirty seconds here, like the whole he's you know he's like trying to turn himself into like Batman, like he's like a symbol instead of a person, right? Like <laughs> I, really I 
Like I can take the I can take the punishment. They can chase me. I, I can, can just, take the hate. I can see like the AK you know? like shining in the yeah. sky. That's exactly what he thinks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean like is that was that what you're kind of getting as like he's trying to turn it into something other than just like I don't know. Usefulness. I think they're these guys are trying to find a home for themselves. And I think yeah. the Republicans who have gotten involved with Show Me Integrity and Missouri Agrees are the same. You know, yeah. they're not some of these groups aren't about, like you said, Rachel, they're not about any sort of policy at all. There, right. there are people who identify as Republicans, not voters, but people who want to be in the game, former electeds like these, Shemed Dogan. Like the, they do the want to cut people. your benefits. They do want to get rid of Social Security, but they'd like to do it the right way. Right, right. They just don't and... want to be. Uh, they don't want to be ugly about it. <laughs> right. Like exactly. they definitely well, want to get rid of all the government programs, but they want to be nice and not racist about it. Whatever they want, I don't care. They're incapable. <laughs> Here's what I'm saying. They have figured out that they are incapable of living in today's Republican Party, that there is right. no space for them. There's no home for them. There's no paycheck or gravy train or office to run for or spot. Right. There's not even them. consultancy work for these people at this right, point. Right, because it's too insane. And then there are, you know, big money groups like the Coke Group, the Club for Growth people who are, you know, as they always do, you know, very discreetly and, you know, in a coordinated fashion, getting behind some, you know, what they hope to be giant names like Ron DeSantis and things. But right. again, what's that do for Shamed Dogan? What's that do for Adam Kinzinger? Nothing. So they're trying to figure out, they don't want to go sell insurance. They're too young to retire. Right. <laughs> like, I think it's right. literally, that's what it is. They just, no. they really want a point. home. And uh, I think we should, you know, make it extremely difficult for them to get away with this bullshit <laughs> i think that's i think that's well said let's move on yeah no yeah all right the uh the yeah no uh supreme court is using uh the, there's a case right now in front of the supreme court that they uh, want to use to basically undermine secularism in school uh, and Rachel, <laughs> this is why I like when Rachel uh, writes the stuff instead of me, because it's just it's always spicier. Uh, and also, Jesus fucking Christ, no. <laughs> That's how it starts. So Rachel, well, how about, you, how you, about you read the, the how about you read the headline and then yeah. um, women are this... regarded as a fragile vessel. That's a quote. Women are regarded as a fragile vessel. Dress code fight a backdoor to spread Christian theocracy. Um, I think that is an incredibly well-written and well-pointed and correct conclusion in this headline. Go. Yeah, so this I can't believe the Supreme Court is actually going to hear this. Um, and there's a part of me, I, I, I'm not, I would love to like sit across from somebody who like really knows the court and have them explain to me like why they're taking up some of these cases that they're probably going to dismiss that prejudice because they're so fucking ridiculous and make it look like oh we only heard it because then we can kind of bat it out of the way and not have to hear these cases again i think yeah. that's for some of these i think that's what they're going to do but this is a this is an appeal they're hearing so a lower fourth circuit court said that it's gender discrimination to force junior high schools high school girls to wear skirts because it is Right. I'm going to wear pants. If right. I Boys are to. allowed to wear pants, and that this rule was going to force yeah. girls to wear skirts. It right. got appealed. Right. I think lost. you should be able to wear whatever the fuck you want. Right. I think if you're a boy, wear a skirt. I don't care. It's your problem. It's your deal. You want to wear a skirt, wear a skirt. It doesn't matter to me at all. So this is um, 
a, a, an opportunity for the for the Supreme Court to tell a religious school that they can force girls what to wear, but really it's about undermining public education. It's the same old stuff, and I'm uh it is the ultimate like yeah no like you can't when you really re realize like how much of this is ridiculous as a charter school they get most of their funding from uh from the state and yet it somehow is allowed to be parochial i mean that if you ever this is the perfect example of why they want charter schools yeah it was an official school policy this is right out of the article okay the school's founder baker mitchell argued that the dress code was necessary to teach kids that women are regarded as a fragile vessel that men are supposed to take care of and honor. It was official school policy, he explained, to treat girls more gently than boys. I have two girls. Uh, uh, one of them uh, takes obvious high amounts of care, but has nothing to do with uh, the fact that she's a girl. Uh, and I have a boy. My boy is almost eight years old. Uh, his almost two-year-old sister uh, is the youngest one. There is not a question in my mind, my wife's mind, probably my son's mind, definitely all my in-laws' minds, my own parents' minds, anybody who knows my children very well would conclude that the two-year-old is 100,000% tougher than the eight-year-old boy, <laughs> but like without question. Um, and it has nothing to do with gender or sex or anything involving uh, you know, boy-girl. It's, it's absolutely asinine to me. Sean? Yeah, no, no, I totally agree. Um, I live with three ladies, my wife and my two daughters. Uh, Michelle's definitely tougher than me. hundred um, percent. There's no question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm extremely emotional. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what really got me fired up is that these schools, you know, this voucher crusade, which I don't know if anyone's used that yet, but I'm going to TM voucher, Ooh, crusade. voucher crusade. We're going to use it all the time now. That's a new term for school yeah. choice. Voucher Alan, crusade. Alan, let us know. What do you think? Alan is, is good at the, the screen <laughs> okay. naming thing. Yeah. Okay. And the same reason, and what I'm going to be starting to say to people, uh, you know, when I'm talking about this as an issue, the same reason that everyone gave it a big thumbs down during W's administration is because it sucks and it leaves a ton of kids behind. And, you know, what the charter schools and the private schools are wanting is vouchers, free money, and no rules at all. And, you know, right. every single state in this country does have private schools and independent schools and religious schools. And there's obviously some overlap in those terms, but there are lots of lots of schools that are not subject to any kind of rules from the government. Right. Um, you know, they don't have to go. They already and... exist. They have existed for some time. Right. Right. And so, and a lot of, you know, usually they are funded by parents' tuitions, right. And right. like money that doesn't come from the, which the is state. the point, which is right. the whole point. You want to be exempt from what's going on. Then you don't get the benefit of the government's input because you're exempt from their rules. That's like the entire point. Right. And especially with when it comes to kids with disabilities or even just kids who need a little bit of extra help, we know we've seen the numbers that charter schools turn these kids away or ignore their applications. You know, charter schools are continuously trying to grab the easiest to educate students and always will, because unlike public schools, they can cherry pick who goes there. Right. And they're also to the point of the people who advocate for it. They are a business. 
And when right. you're talking about business and competition, you're not going to want to be able to say, look at how well we service everybody. You're going to want to be able to say, our students are the best. Right. Exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it really, you know, this issue is not going away. I think that there are so many undecideds in it. Like if you look at polls from just a year ago, there were actually a small number more Republicans than Democrats who answered yes to the question, do you have faith in the educators who run your public schools to right. deliver for your students? Um, and, and lots of people undecided, you know, who don't know. And so, you know, this, this effort to dismantle public schools, this concerted effort to move funds out of public schools and into private schools is is a disaster, you know, yeah. and it just makes me really upset because like they're saying that this is going to make schools better. So it's like, let's say you go to a school that starts losing kids and losing the money that is associated with those pupils. How does that make your school better? Right, right. And I guess there's I just no fucking to, way. And I guess I just need to understand like why the Supreme Court felt like it had to hear an appeal to a a case that said to a court decision that said we agree right. that fourth let this 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 posturing about what women are in your school is discriminatory and it and just that's all... like the vmi case too yeah like letter right. for letter right i mean i haven't looked at this in a while yeah, it, it basically but... is and that's that's let me just tag this and then we need to move on is i do think um if i was guessing um and i am uh, i think that this court actually takes this case up to squash it so that I think they, I think they affirm. I think they affirm the lower court. Um, I think they, I think they want to put it, put a hand down and say no. We're, you know, we're yes, we're a tool for the religious right in a certain way. We are not a tool for a complete upending of of modern society. Like I think, I think it's an opportunity for Roberts to regain a just a little bit of tread on the tires of credibility. I think he is extremely concerned about that. That's optimistic. Um, he he is a young man compared to a, you know a justice age. He has time to put the train back on the tracks for the quote unquote for the Roberts Court from a historical perspective. Right, he knows that's that. a good point. That's I a good promise point. you, he's thinking about that every single oh, day. God, I hope so. so that that is something. I, I a lot of the way he's done his opinions on the big cases where he writes the opinion, it tells you everything you need to know about how he thinks about his legacy. So I think that's that's a really important uh, part of that. So let's move on. I hope on you're here. right. And like outside of the, sorry, real fast, outside of the religious stuff and the school stuff, like this court did decide that you cannot fire someone just because they're transgender Correct. because it's against federal law that bars discrimination based on right. sex. And, you know, that's not it, rocket science. It, and that's important. That that That's part of why I'm, I'm fairly confident they'll, that they'll uphold this one. So let's move on. All right, the buy or sell. I actually think this can be uh, fairly quick. The more I, I was looking at it, um, we uh, <laughs> talked some in our Slack chat this week. So, uh, buy or sell is uh, Dominion is going to win their high stakes lawsuit against Fox because Rupert shit the bed in his depot, and given his age, perhaps uh, at other times. But uh, the uh, Rupert Murdoch, for those of you, get <laughs> him. <laughs> He's here all week, folks. You, uh, who, Adam uh, Summer. Uh, yeah. summer, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, um, that was solid. That was good. There's, there's a lot of people uh, who become comedians after their lawyers, um, 
And, uh, you know, I, I like those people. Anna, was it, uh, was Anna Gasser? Was she an accountant? I think she was a CPA. Oh, uh, but cool. I think, I think Jan Hooks was an attorney maybe. But anyway, um, so Rupert Murdoch gave a deposition. And in Rupert Murdoch's deposition, he basically said, I killed her. This is where I put the body. This is what I used to do it. Here's where I hid the weapon. Here's the pictures I took of me with the dead body. Here's a vial of my blood and their blood that I that I've been keeping uh, in the fridge. Um, <laughs> like <laughs> they, it, it was all the way up to the top on this thing uh, with Fox News with the Dominion stuff. Uh, if you you know recall, Dominion is is a company that has voting machines. They're not everywhere, but they're in a lot of places. And that was a huge claim was that the Dominion voting machines were changing votes from Donald Trump to something else, whether it was Joe Biden or whatever. And that someone in Venezuela. Yes. And that somehow they were being hacked and doing this. It was being sold by Trump. It was being sold by his insane team of lawyers, uh, you know, Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani, uh, the guy who used to sell pillows and now is, selling i don't know in bullshit um and so that and is pillows and pillows still yeah, pillows still. yeah um so that that's that's kind of what was going on uh and all of the information shows that everybody knew they all knew it was fake they all knew it was a lie and they pushed it anyway specifically for ratings purposes uh and for no other reason than they were concerned about being on the other end of the I donald think- trump you know Shitstorm. I think the quote is, uh, "I did it for I didn't I do it for one color and one color only, and that's green." Yeah, it's not red or blue. It's what, green. It's green. That's what Rupert Murdoch said in his deposition about like why he let Sidney Powell say that the yeah. election was being stolen. Um, yeah, I'll just say really quickly. Um, so I, I buy it. I think Dominion is going to win. I think it's a slam dunk case. Yeah. So really quickly, I would I'm going to direct people. It's not. It might not be in our show sheet because uh, I didn't have time to send this before we started recording, but. There's a show, there's a podcast called The Town, which is a ringer podcast with Matt Bellamy. Yep, yep. And he's a co-founder of the media organization Puck, which uh, does just some fantastic journalism. And he on this week's, this, so now it'll be last week's Thursday show, talks to Dylan Byers. Dylan Byers is the media analyst and media reporter for Puck. Um, so he pays attention to like the high stakes, big media deals and stuff. And so he is like, and these are both people that have, that have interviewed Lachlan Murdoch a bunch of times. Like, you know, these are people right, that are well right, right. familiar with like what parts of succession they're in the game. Are, yeah. Are true or made up or also just based on things that the, Mur- the Murdochs actually did. And I really recommend it. Um, and I had a slightly different take on this before I listened to that, but now I'm going to say that my hope is that Dominion takes this all the way. Because, like, I think at some point Fox is going to be very motivated to settle. Oh, yeah. Um, because it's going to be difficult. It's also going to be difficult to, for Dominion to prove that, like, they were damaged to the tune of $1.6 billion since they're, like, an $80 million company. My hope, though, is that after this, I don't, has the judge already said, like, it, it, like, has already, has the judge already, like, rejected the summary judgment motion or whatever that is that basically says like oh no 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 the, the plaintiffs may request a jury trial this is fine it may proceed i don't know if that's happened yet it's going to trial in april I think. Yeah, okay yeah, okay yeah, yeah. so that's, that's already happened the, the reason that we're hearing about the depositions is because it's because, it's because we, okay. we are we are so far deep into this thing yes that that people who probably shouldn't be leaking things about depositions 
now have had a chance to see depositions, if you get what right. I'm saying. Like, right. we have trial teams that are working on this at this right. point. It's, it's going. So, so I really hope that Dominion doesn't settle, and I really hope they take this all the way because this is the closest thing that we have to, to truth and reconciliation about what – because the, the federal government can't just punish Fox News. Right. I, I they, think they're going to take it all the way. Um, okay. Because, I hope so. And the reason I think they're going to take it all the way is – I want you to imagine, and I'm sure they've done this, and and I'm sure that much smarter people than I came figured this out a long, long time ago, which is imagine the media coverage of this trial. Oh, please! Like, and, and they will and, captivate the nation. And also, yeah, reading and, these texts. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, this, and this, Rupert, like, this this guy from South Carolina that that just was found guilty for killing his wife and his kid, right? I am in. I am up to and over my head busy, and even I, right, was like, "Wow, this is crazy!" And like looking, like reading stuff about it, and like watching some of the closing arguments and things, and like, and it's just a murder trial. Like it's just a a kind of a run of the mill murder trial in in South Carolina, where it's just kind of weird. It's got some weird stuff about it, but it's it's not like it's not like when OJ, you know, killed those people. It's it's way different than that it's it's nobody knew who this guy was outside of this county where he lived really so like it's a whole other thing this will captivate the nation in a way that i don't think people properly understand that's what i think wall to wall coverage all the time it'll be on everything everything everything. it'll be everywhere except espn and it might even leak into there i'm curious to hear if you guys i mean we're not media business experts but i'm wondering if at some point the um there's a calculus that the carriers do so carriers is a generic term for company for cable companies that distribute you know content to homes via their cable networks and that's where fox makes all of its money it makes all of its money in where we call carrier fees because mm-hmm. the carriers pay fox for the privilege of carrying their garbage um through their your cable box into your house so whether like a really good thing to think about is like, if you still get cable, you're paying for Fox news, whether you watch it or not, like it's part right. of the, it's part of the bundle. Yep. Right. Um, so I'm wondering if at some point I, I would say it would be interesting to see if at some point there's any exposure the cable companies have, where they're just like, we're not going to do this anymore. I mean, I don't think so. Because, no, I, like, don't, I don't think so because Fox you're, you're talking about a lot more than Fox news channel. You're talking about, well, also NFL football, major league yeah, baseball. I You're also, talking about major like, cash cows. Also the, the most people that still subscribe to a full on cable package are older. Sure. So it's the yeah. Fox news crowd. So it would be cannibalizing their own product. But anyway, like it is going to be an interesting, uh, but you want to like, know what news networks are going to cover it the most. OAN. Right. Yeah. The people who have the, have been trying to go after Fox's audience, they're going to cover the shit out of this. And thing. that's that's exactly where because OAN and uh, the other one, uh, Newsmax, Newsmax, have been were booted off right. of like most of the carriers were like absolutely not because yeah. they could. Right. So I have no problem with the fringy people going back to their fringy uh, side. Like, like far, far, far in the right. Newsmax has been around for a long time. Right. Um, so I have no problem with people like going over there and watching, you know, advertising for weird vitamins and bug out rooms or whatever the hell they still advertise. Gold, probably gold, probably still mm-hmm. gold, adult diapers, whatever on Newsmax. Um, but yeah, I, Reverse I'm, mortgages. Uh, 
my a lot of reverse mortgages um <laughs> but uh but my um my recommendation is that is that town podcast but yeah i think um I I I really like I'm a little bit like I have a little bit of a butterfly thing in my stomach. The Dominion will just be like, wait, how much money? Yeah, oh, fuck. we have shareholders, don't we? Damn it! Yeah. But I really hope that the I hope I hope their lawyers are just like, oh no, I'm gonna write a book, and I'm gonna tell my story a million times over and command massive speaking fees because I kicked the shit out of Rupert Murdoch and Lachlan Murdoch and the Fox board. Yeah. And there's going to be shareholder lawsuits. Like, I think this is going to be, I, so my hope is that this gets teed up. Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be huge. Sean, uh, what, what do you got here? Well, I'm nervous that Fox is going to win. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of where I'm at on this. Um, but first, before I go more into that, um, I will say uh, the, um the quotes and the arguments being made by Fox's lawyers are just such bullshit. So defamation law, you know, is telling lies about somebody. And, you know, this is obviously what's going on here. Um, but, uh, you know, journalists are protected from defamation law unless they're showing malice, I think is the standard. Right. It's an intent. It's a, it's a crime of, or not a crime, but it's a, it's a claim with specific intent Right in the law, you have the actus reus and the mens rea. The actus reus is the thing that you do. The mens rea is the thought behind the thing that you do. Some things you don't have, like for example, right. a stop sign. You don't have to intentionally run a stop sign. You just have to run the stop sign. But in this case, there has to be a level of intent greater than negligence. So you have to know that you're lying. Right, and I think that's the. I think that's why the the Rupert Murdoch, from what I've read, Sean, and from what I just listened to today. Um, that's what makes the Murdoch. That's what makes his testimony so stunning. Right, Murdoch's yeah. testimony is so stunning because it basically says, like, I knew it was a lie, and I didn't care because I wanted to make money. Like, yep. that is pretty much like cut and dry defamation. It's still not a slam dunk. You're absolutely right. But the concern I think at this point is that everybody's like, yeah. So go ahead, go ahead. I kind of cut you off there, but I just wanted to lay that kind of the legal no, framework good. out. Yeah, and like, so they're saying that what they were doing was covering and commenting on allegations made by a sitting president. So I think that's where they're trying to wriggle out of liability with, you know, one juror, which is all they would need. Because if they can say that, if they can plausibly get one person to think that, well, no, they were just talking about what Trump said and that that's somehow different, which it's not, because we all know that like, Trump had no reason to believe any of this shit was true that he was right. saying about Dominion. And we do also know that reporters like have some duty to, you can't just, you can't just, you can't be a conduit theory. to defamation and, yeah. and it's just fine. Like you yeah. can't do it. And like the, the lawyers also that would say be like that, the New York times saying, look, all we did was print the story. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but we didn't uh, agree with any of it. We just put it in our newspaper right allowed a person with a byline to publish the story, um, put it on the homepage and distribute it to millions and, of people. But we and didn't... kept the money that was made yeah. selling it. Yeah. Right. So, and they're arguing that if they're held liable, that that would be an extreme and unsupported view of defamation that would prevent journalists from doing basic reporting is what really stuck out to me. And it's like, what I hope the jurors see is like, this is not basic reporting. No. This is a handful meaning like 12 to 15 of extremely well-paid camera personalities 
hour after hour, day after day, week after week. Dude, Janine Pirro. Janine Pirro alone. Yeah. So, like, this isn't basic reporting. Well, and they the text between, like, this. Kennedy and Ingram where they're just like, oh, my God, but we're putting them on the air. Like, right. <laughs> Right. So it's like they weren't doing reporting and, you know, they weren't covering, they weren't commenting on allegations. They were pushing the line, you know, they were smearing a company. And so like, like I said, I'm afraid that they're going to win. But what I really want to say is like, just imagine, you know, if you were someone like Ruby Freeman or the ladies who worked in the Georgia elections office and an extremely powerful cable network like Fox news, right decides that you are their enemy and the enemy of their viewers, and they're going to spend weeks nonstop smearing everything about you, telling lies, no matter how far-fetched they are. And then if you can't beat them in a defamation lawsuit because they're like, oh, well, no, we were just covering that people were talking about it. If you can't win a defamation lawsuit against a massively powerful media outlet like this in this situation, our laws aren't Doing what dead. they're supposed to. Yeah, the to. defamation law is dead. Completely. Yeah, so I'm that, worried that's that a really win, good but, point. The, yeah. the the rebound effect of that, the boomerang effect of that, um, it's, will, that's a really important. I will point. I will say that really quickly that like in Dominion's favor, they have lost contracts. Yeah, yeah. So it, like, it, that's why I think it's there. But I do think that regardless of what the outcome is, it's going to the Supreme Court. This case is going to the Supreme Court. It just is. Every major defamation. It's going to take years too. This is going to take years. This isn't going to be done next month. This oh is yeah, yeah. Take like a long time. Every major piece of law that surrounds defamation is is case law. Okay, so you're talking about the Supreme Court has been setting this table itself for a long, 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 long time. You know, one of the most famous uh, ads or uh, uh, cases is about an ad for Compare the Core. Uh, you know, about Reverend Jerry Falwell. It was on Hustler Magazine, Hustler v. Falwell, where they ran an ad for Campari Liqueur that was uh, contextually sounded like Jerry Falwell talking about the first time he had sex. And it was supposed to be the first time he drank Campari Liqueur. And so it's this whole story about him uh, being in the in the outhouse with his mom the first time and how amazing the experience was and <laughs> it's hilarious and uh, and and hustler won okay hustler won that case uh, because it was so obviously an ad right because it was prominently placed as an ad the product was prominently made a part of it like it was it was you know any reasonable person would understand it to be a satirical ad. And so Hustler won that case. And that's kind of the, the you know, if you want to talk about sort of the top of the triangle of, of defamation cases and like where did, how does the scale balance, that's sort of it is the Hustler v. Falwell case. And then there's, there's a lot of other case law and there's probably some lawyers listening to this who uh, tweet at me, whatever. So, I, mean, I know that there's a lot more cases than that. That's just the one that I think it's the fulcrum here that this type of a case uh, will come down to because you're going to be talking about reputation. You're going to be talking about truth. And, you know, and, and the intent behind it. So, all right, well, let's move on to the big one here. And now the big one. All right. The big one is that the Dems are teed up for electoral victories going forward. If, if uh, they can keep spreading the message uh, about the wonky ways that Biden is delivering for working families, uh, that's, I didn't realize it 
until I said it out loud how alliterative that actually is. Um, I didn't know it was either. Sorry, that's a lot of W's. <laughs> Wonky ways Biden is delivering for working families. Give that one to Barbara Walters. Should have been White House. Um, anyway. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> the wonky ways the White House is you delivering. Can edit for these families. anytime He's you winning. want. Winning the, the wonky ways the White House is winning for working families. All right. Ooh, there we, we go. Got there. A little synecdoche in there. That's synecdoche, right? <laughs> we got there. Sibowitz, Sibowitz. Um, So here's here's some headlines that that uh, pulled out. This is a Brookings Brookings Institute um, article. Younger voters are poised to upend American politics. That you know that's evergreen every 10 years that are that article comes out well the, um, yeah but this is different though let me, let oh, me say it, really it is different i just want to run through these really quickly yeah, and then yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll come back yeah um cool. biden bars companies from using u.s chips act for buybacks which is awesome um to tap federal funds uh chip makers will need to provide child care uh what biden can do if the supreme court strikes down student loan forgiveness basically helping folks understand where that might go which it sure looks like they're going to strike it down uh, honestly so We'll see where that goes. Uh, the bill that would give Americans a four-day work week. So all of this is is real. Those are all real things um, that are that are occurring at the moment. You know, outside of this ex- existential crisis world of like Donald Trump speaking at CPAC and you know all the crazy stuff that's happening in the background. There's actually a lot of, of good stuff going on. And then we have back to Rachel here on this issue of basically the Gen Z uh, voter and their momentum, their uh, their power, their desire, their activism. And and also the fact that, that millennials are now all in their mid 20s, like the, the youngest millennials are in their mid 20s. So I don't know about you guys, but um, uh, that's when I started to really give a shit. You know, when you're younger, right. when you're like still going through college and you're as much as we go, why don't college kids vote? I'm like, because they're going to college. They're busy. Like, right. it's hard to stop. Because two days nar- before election day, they realize that they can't make it home to vote and they didn't have time to get yeah, an absentee I didn't ballot. Know. That's I don't why. know how to do it. I didn't know how to do an absentee ballot when I was in college. Right. Um, and like, there were never people like whatever. So anyway, so you get a little bit older, you start paying a little bit more of attention and that's when politics was still pretty subtle. Right. This right. Is, we're talking about the nineties now right. with like, things were pretty chill if you were white. Right. Like things were like, right. and then like you get a little bit older and you're like, is this all, up and then you start learning the names of senators and you figure out who represents you in congress and you pay more attention to look so i think what's happening is that you have this so the the brookings article goes into like how uh how many young people voted in the midterms and um how it really surprised people and then you just look at like the sheer amount of people in the country by by age and the very top of the graph by millions of people are between the ages of like 23 and 30 so you know generally speaking this generation is known to be one of the most like i'll just say like civil-minded um if you want to call it progressive whatever they they definitely want sort of forward-looking policies that will make their lives more economically stable in reaction by the way to things like the environment going to shit housing prices being so high things like that. Like they have a lot of issues, but nothing woke them up like Donald Trump did. I mean, Donald right. Trump was like, hello, I'm what happens when you don't vote. And everybody was like, that's a terrible idea. We should all vote now. So that's kind of like the background, but the article's <laughs> pretty great. And it really kind of dives into like what um, kind of what the, what portends for the Republican party, if they don't stop right. acting like a bunch right. of culture, it's, it's exactly what Sean said has been saying this whole time that like 
the culture war stuff is not going to win you elections. It'll get you on Fox News. Speaking yep. of Fox News, like you sell being some books. Yeah, but you're not like you have to get in front of voters and be like, what do you think about this? There's only so many times you can say wokeism when people are asking you about how people are can get more affordable college tuition. Right. Well, like, wokeism is one of those problems. Like it, it is to the right. Like there's some there's there's some issues on the left that that are kind of like it. Wilkism is sort of unique and it's, it is, it is its own thing. Um, and I don't think there's anything on the left that compares to it from a, from a cultural issue because of how much bullshit the wokeism thing is. Well, vitriol is a, is a different hatred is a different thing. I mean, like that's its own, but it's it's still the, the problems that it actually brings up, um, are still the kind of problems that it's like most folks at some point in time, here's the way I would put it. Not everybody can afford to give a shit. And I mean, literally, they can't afford to care about those issues on a day-to-day, dollar-for-dollar basis what is because that? Yeah. of what their paycheck's bringing in, what it costs right. to get the food on the table and all that stuff. And by the time they're done thinking about those things and somebody says, you know, the, the problem in this country is that there's too many transgender women playing sports. Like, yeah, for some folks, that's going to rile them up. But for the for, for most folks, A, they're not even hearing that. And B, if they do, they just be like, leave them alone. Just I wish they just leave me alone, right? That yeah. It's back to the old the Tommy Boy reference that yeah. we've used several times. It's the guy on the couch who's like, oh, yeah, how about break pads from that guy? Weren't we watching cartoons? Like, whoop, back to Roadrunner. You know, like, that's where people want to be. That's Correct. That's where people want to be. Correct. Um, so the the the... the bottom of the article it talks about like but the but the democrats can't just like i love it when they all add, end articles like this they all have to do this but they can't just stop trying like right. okay really right. thank you brookings like really the democrats can't just like fold our fingers and put our hands behind our head and just kick back with a piece of wheat between our teeth i'm actually just surprised watch the that returns the, that like the uh, headline on this wasn't how democrats can win the future and then it still ended with just like a two sentence tag of just like they have to try. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for telling people how electoral processes work. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. So I was like, I was so as soon as I read that, I was kind of like my ears were a little perked for like, yeah. well, what are some immediate examples of like, again, to go back to something Sean said recently about how Biden has how the Biden administration has been able to. We were talking about this. First time we were talking about like the the one point five trillion dollar wealth shift that went from like finally went from the top one percent to like working people during COVID. And we were talking about like how can that stay permanent? Like how how can that when you can't raise them when nobody wants to raise the minimum wage and um, the right is still vilifying unions? Like what can we do? And you said, well, here are some things that Biden could do, and it really made me start to think. And so. When I saw that the the language in the Chips Act, so the Chips Act was a multi billion dollar, basically pork spending package that yeah. will and in, will incentivize companies to reshore some semiconductor manufacturing, yep. um, and, which has already started happening, by the way. Yeah, totally. And like the articles that I've seen about it, I'm like, they're all going to spend the money because there was like the, the, uh, this, all these all these articles are like we have to present both sides. Like, no, you don't. You don't have to present both sides. No. You can say what the language is of the bill. That's it. Yes. You don't have to like go into this whole thing just to be like, is it going to work? It doesn't matter if it's going to work. Tell us and, what the language yeah, of the bill is. It's going to work because these it's companies just went through a period of time where they couldn't sell new shit. Anything, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. their chips were and, sitting in another country. And they know they need to hire women. And they yes. know they need to hire single mothers. And so the way that you hire single mothers is you give them childcare. So, of course, yes. they're going to be like, yes, thank you very much for the money. 
Mr. Government. Uh, I'm sure a lot of this made its way into the language. The language, a lot of this language made its way into the bill because of one Bernie Bernard Sanders. If somebody doesn't write a book called the Bernie Biden Bromance, by the way, I'm going to pull my hair out. Um, and the other part of the Chips Act that I think is really interesting is that, like, if you take money for this purpose, there is language, and this might be with where things can get a little bit like we were just kidding. We're not going right. to enforce that companies is that they are not allowed to take any of that money and purchase stock buybacks with it for a certain amount of time. So it, again, keeps right. the the profit incentive from, uh, it, it basically means that like companies can't take public funds and use it to, to uh, reward their shareholders. So, so yeah, go ahead. I, I, w- I want to kick it to Sean because we were like right on, on time here. So um, Sean, give us two minutes here how can the Democrats do that? Because we, we've got all these articles in, in the show notes, all of these examples that Rachel pulled out. And they're, all, they're excellent examples uh, uh, with all of these. So how, how, A, do you think they're doing it? B, how, do they, how can they do it? Yeah, so definitely a great, a great premise. And you know, it's the question for, mm-hmm. for Democrats because yeah. You know, you're right. Like they are going to be held accountable in 2024 for the economy and inflation continues to be an issue and consumer debt is really high. And, you know, people are really feeling feeling the uh, the pinch. Um, And so they are going to have to make that wonky, detailed case. And Republicans, just like you guys kind of jumped on, you know, this the wokeism obsession um prevents them from sounding normal to people who just care about regular business and so right. that's where i think it is going to help democrats in house races and in statewide races and in state legislative races i think a good amount because you know if you're just a regular person and you're listening to what the republicans are talking about like this anti-trans crusade that they're on like I think they were they were thinking they were pushing Democrats into some tough votes with these like bans on gender affirming care for minors. But like their constituency, the Republicans, like the extreme right who really controls what they talk about, that's way too vanilla for them. Like they want to talk about mutilation. (laughs) They want to talk about crazy ass shit. Marjorie Taylor Greene's Twitter is going to continue to be the paper of record for this Republican Party until that's right. She goes away, and, and so they still I think, won't yeah. even and like she still won't even concede that Joe Biden won, for example. Like they're right. still in that like path of crazy, and, and they're not figuring anything out on abortion. That's either. right. That's like, right. They're and trying they to talk even... to everybody about wokeism as this new yeah. threat, and it's like yeah. half of the people in this country are women and. Right. They want to know what the fuck you're doing with their reproductive and rights. I, and like, a whole lot of people in this country are parents. And at some point in time, when it looks when it looks more like they're trying to control parents in general, that starts to bleed through. And that was it was something I said on my own Twitter the other day about you know these people who claim to uh, they they claim to be all about parental control and education, but they're not about parental control when it comes to your child's medical needs. Uh, and, and medical desires, right? They they, they want to invade the classroom. They want to invade everything that teachers are doing, but they but when it comes to to you know to, to medical stuff, they they want to completely make it so that you can't make those decisions at all for your child, basically. 
And it's not about that, that. That's not a policy issue at that point. It's about getting your way, right? It's about being in charge and, and how to tell you... people how it's going to be. And people don't like that. People don't right. like it. And how do you turn that into a compelling? I mean, again, like when you're on Fox News, Ron DeSantis, and you want to say this crazy shit, yeah, people are going to like stand up and clap for you like they're drunk seals. But right. like, how is that going to play itself out in campaign ad after campaign ad? for Senate races, for go maybe governorships, it doesn't really matter because some of these right. states are so bright red like Missouri. But like um, when I look at the, so I'm, I'm thinking, okay, so you're just going to have like ads that say we want to ban gender affirming care for right. all children. We want to protect children. Okay, that's your ad. Okay, fine. Then you look over on the other side and just this list alone, right. you can say Joseph Biden passed legislation that would onshore that would encourage that, would, that brought manufacturing back to the United States and forced companies to not use that money to make their stock shareholders richer. Right. Done. That's an ad. Yeah. Here, here's the next one. And I think it's even better. It's a woman. It's multiple women, maybe some men, single parents talking to camera. It's a minute, minute 15 long. I got, I came to work at Panasonic because blah, blah, blah. And it's been so great. Uh, you know, holding up the picture of their kid, Right. Uh, it's 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 been so awesome. They're right in the building. Uh, we have a daycare center um, and it's all because of Joe Biden. It's all because of and the then, work of President Biden. And, and we're so thankful for right. and the then, opportunity we've been given. And then I believe it's going to be Joe Biden and uh, Kamala Harris are going to run again. And she's going to do a stump speech while that ad's running, saying we're going to legalize abortion in the land. That's right. I don't know they, what to say to the they other. They should like, put legalizing I, abortion and legalizing, uh, uh, decriminalizing marijuana at the federal and level. And raising the $15 right an hour minimum yep. public option, raise the minimum wage to $50. Like it's the stuff he said he was, it's like, I tried to do before. Here's yep. the receipts. I did it. That's the thing I keep Give saying. Give me a is Democratic like Congress. Send me back to the White yeah. House. These yeah. are our priorities. These are the yeah. things we will try to legislate. I think that works pretty well. Sean, last word. Uh, give you 30 seconds to take us home. Sure. Yeah. So we were talking about Gen Z before. So the youngest Gen Zers were born in 2012, I think. So a bunch of them have not started voting. Right. And, you know, the Republicans position that climate change is a Marxist host, hoax, a Marxist hoax. These kids don't even care about Marxist stuff at all. They don't that, see it as a threat. A they don't give a shit. Hoax, and so, right? you know, as long as Democrats, they do have to actually make things more affordable. And they yeah. are. So like they have to make childcare, healthcare, student loans, insulin. They have to do they do have to make it really mo more affordable in a way that'll hit people's wallets, but they do have an opportunity with the crusading Republicans to paint them as totally out of touch, which they are. Hey guys, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for uh, another awesome week, Rachel. Thank you so much thank for you. the show sheet. My and, pleasure. Uh, join us join us next week. Uh we are going to be getting deep on the 2024 presidential election this was a this was a little just a just a just a sniff just a little little sniffer. it was scintillating it was it a was. scintillating sniff if i yeah. may <laughs> it was a is that uh cookies do i smell is that cookies uh anyway we're gonna fix it guys we're gonna do it we're gonna do it we're gonna make america better it's gonna oh, happen I, really fast sorry Two things that I said last week. One, Trump's going to win the 2024 GOP nomination. And Gavin yeah. Newsom is one person I saw in the news who backed me up on that. And then another one was that 
uh, I don't remember it, but Trump backed me up on something that I said also last week. Oh, well. I like that Sean was going to try to get in a couple victory laps, and now I can't remember one of them. Oh, now I remember. He said, remember what happened to Jeb? Just like yes. that. Yes. Yeah, yes. it was like the next yes. day I saw that quote, day. and I was like, oh my next, God. It was the next day. Like, remember oh, what look. happened to Jeb? Another Florida Jeb. governor. Remember what Low happened to Jeb? Another Florida governor. Yeah. Rhonda Sanctimonious, he calls him. Rhonda Sanctimonious. He just, in one sentence, he, t- he made Rhonda Santons in into fucking Jeb Bush. I mean, it was, it was, oh my God. It was. Yeah, and he'll, and he'll win with 31.5% of the vote again. Yep. Yeah. All right. See you guys next week. See you later. The Heartland Pod is a production of Midmap Media, LLC. Follow us on Twitter with at the Heartland Pod. With email, you can reach us, heartlandpod2020 at gmail.com, online with heartlandpod.com, subscribe, and please sign up for our Patreon with patreon.com slash heartlandpod. Become a podhead or an official podgressive today and unlock all of our content. See you at the next show.